You are listening to Behind the Horse's Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. church today there you go i love this thing and you, you're rocking that awesome tobacco saddlery oh yeah buddy and and the ranger panties and the ranger panties we we are yeah that's that's i'm letting everybody know about that i love them i think they're super comfy i think they're awesome i mean if they're if they're good enough for rangers mm-hmm. they're good enough for rowdy colton oh yeah 100 uh, so if you have it guys welcome back to another episode of behind the horse's eyes Joining me today is, I almost said the lovely, because I'm so used to introducing Jess. I almost called you the lovely Roddy Colton. I mean, some might call me that. Some mm-hmm. might call me worse. It depends on the day. Yeah, I mean, you can be the lovely Roddy Colton. I'm not going to judge. You can be. I mean, you're lovely to me. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Some people are starting to get the wrong idea right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, t- that tends to happen with you quite a bit. It does. Hey, tell Tobacco they need to come talk to your boy. Hey, I'll send them your way, man. They're looking for people for the 2023 year. Yeah, tell them, tell them I'll do more horse stuff. They'll send me a hoodie. That hoodie is, that hoodie is fire, man. Dude, I love it. I, it's probably one of my favorites that I've ever gotten. Is it fleece? Uh, yeah, I think that's what you would call it. So okay, is it like Sherpa lined or just like a heavy no, fleece? A, no, just regular fleece. And it honestly borderline feels like Under Armour or Nike material. You know what I'm talking about. That's so dope. Yeah, it's comfortable. I love it. And the way that it fits to it almost kind of like wraps around your neck up here. It doesn't just dip down like the your other hoodies do. I love it. Yeah, that would that hoodie would look great, you know, with a Saratelli hat and a nice herd of zebra shirt. I mean, that's not a shameless plug at all. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a plug right there if I've ever seen one. It's not a shameless plug. So Roddy, how are you doing here these days? We haven't had you on in a while. It's been nearly a year, I think. Nearly a year by yourself, yeah. Since we just did me and you, like you've been on some other shows, but it was always, Hey, give us your input because I always, uh, you're one of those guys when you speak, I listen. And I think for a handful of us, it's just the case because generally you're the voice of reason when everybody else is just being buttholes sometimes, and sometimes I'm the butthole, well, but the way that you're the butthole is kind of the way I'm the butthole. I always try to make them feel bad for being a butthole it happens it happens like when i can make you feel horrible about yourself or what you did I, then i just walk away smiling because i was the bigger ball there you go there you go but we've never like we've 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 told your story a little bit like you've gave us some background before but we've got a lot of new listeners um but i wanted to do a deep dive because i don't think a lot of folks uh understand who you are because i'm sure i've got a lot of folks out there that listen to me that, that they know exactly who you are they you know we've got a very similar audience so we we cross over um a lot of followers but then again there's probably a lot of people that listen now that don't know who you are or know your story 
um, and know something kind of uh, kind of particular about you. You know, one of your aspirations is to be a um, to be a team roper. Yes, sir. That is that is one of them. That's right, and you know, which is hard. That's a hard thing to do. It is, especially when a lot of horsemanship comes from your ability to use your legs, and which you do. Is something I yeah. cannot do very well. Yeah. So let's let's just do a deep dive. Let's just start wherever you want to start in your story. And I'm going to ask you some questions along the way. Okay. Well, I guess for your new viewers, um, I was born uh, in 1999, February 2nd, 1999. So I got a birthday coming up here in a few weeks. Happy early birthday, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, at the age of two, I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. So according to my parents, when I came out of the womb, my umbilical cord was wrapped around my throat. And it took away the oxygen that was going to my brain, uh, hence the cerebral part of my brain being damaged. Uh, the simplest way that I could put cerebral palsy is that it is brain damage. Uh, CP is a range of things. Uh, there's people that you see walking down the street that you don't really see have any issues uh, that have it. You wouldn't know. And then you also see the people who can't function without help or a wheelchair that have it. And then I fall somewhere in the middle. So mentally completely there. Um, I don't have any intellectual issues. Uh, it is all physical and it is basically from my hips down. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, it affects uh, my muscle growth, but also uh, the ability to stretch my muscles things like that. And I have hand tremors, so my hands shake quite a bit. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, minor details that a lot of people wouldn't know unless, you know, you really dove into it. And I don't even know all the details about it, but that's, that's basically the gist of what I have. Hell, I think, I think even some of the doctors, it's still, there's some unknowns with it. And, and study. I, cause doctors have talked to me about, uh, cause we've talked about it before I have epilepsy, N nowhere mm -hmm. near, I'm not trying to compare there's no comparison here no, for um, sure. but just you know and i'm sure you've talked to doctors before too and they're like well this is kind of one of those things where we're still learning a lot about it and that's code for we don't know yeah yeah well and i think i was i have a nursing friend of mine who follows another guy with cp and apparently he like pulled up some brain scans to show people like on his tiktok which i hadn't even thought about before but um I, my mom and I have talked about it in the past that at some point I would love to go talk to a doctor and get some more in-depth information because obviously there's probably some more things that I don't know about that I have yeah, um, and just different things that are affected. And obviously as you're, as you grow, your body changes. So there could be different areas of my body that are uh, more severely affected than it was when I was, you know, two. Exactly. Yeah. As you grow, because, you know, it's one of those things with age, our bodies start to, to change. Sometimes, most of the time, for the worse. Things hurt, you yeah. know. Um, and I couldn't imagine, like, you know, for you, how your body evolution, you know, is as you're getting older. Which, you're still a spry lad compared to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, what, do you, what are you looking at at 40, you know, or 50? Oh, yeah. Um, so how does it, and outside of, uh, and we're going to get into 
team roping, but outside of that, how does it affect day to day as far as what people would see? And I don't want to use the word normal because that's not fair. Normal is whatever you think normal is. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the, the person who does not have CP, like how, how is your daily routine different? So my daily routine, um, I feel like is mostly pretty similar to your regular uh, time or regular person, but I have to put on my prosthetic braces that I wear on a daily basis unless I'm wearing my cowboy boots. Uh, I haven't been able to find a pair of cowboy boots that work well with me being able to wear my braces, so I will strap on my uh, prosthetic braces and slip on some shoes and go to work. Um, One thing that I really have to take care of that most people don't is my time on my feet. Um, for example, I can put in, you know, so many hours on my feet today, I could go run, do all this stuff, play sports, whatever it may look like, but tomorrow I pay for it. So a lot of, uh, things that I've kind of figured out is that my, my feet muscles will cramp up really bad to the point where I can't even stand up out of bed. Um, there's been times where I've literally had to crawl to the bathroom because I can't stand up because my muscles are so tight and contracting so hard that they won't allow me to stand on my own feet. Um, and I guess, you know, that's, that's basically what would make it different is, you know, having to really regulate how much I use my body, um, obviously. And then, uh, just trying to make sure that I also get the most out of it. Cause I don't want to look back and think, man, you know, these were my golden years to be able to use what my body has. And I don't want to take that for granted. Yeah. A hundred percent because oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom at your age being, having to face that reality of I better make the most out of this because I don't know what two, five, 10 years might bring. Ah, you're a stronger man than me. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Just, just thinking about that. I'm like, Ooh, I never, I've never looked at it from that perspective, and I, I would imagine that's a, um, kind of a hard thing to face. It is. Well, and the thing is, is my CP isn't progressive, so it's not like every day it gets worse. But as you pointed out, you know, as you get older, your body changes, and you don't know how it's going to change because yeah, of so, your CP. So, for what you've dealt with, for however old you are, you know, by the time I get to my thirties, my body is probably going to feel like a 60 year old. Yeah. So it, it's just my pain levels and everything are probably a bit higher than your average person. So outside of putting your braces on, you're out there doing donuts and the Mustang and all that stuff. Like, yeah, like everybody else. Okay. So I know you come from a uh, pretty punchy family. I do. Would, would that be pretty safe to say you want to talk a little about that? Yeah, it would be it would be safe to say um i just found this out actually so my uh mom comes from a family i guess my cousins four times over or whatever owned a really big ranch in montana that had been sold uh over the last you know 15 20 years um my dad's a cowboy uh, my uncle owns a a ranch up in oklahoma he he's pretty punchy uh my grandpa on my mom's side uh, also a cowboy, did a bunch of team roping, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, I come from a long line of, of, of cowboys for sure. So 
it's it's safe to say that it's been um it's been a part of your reality since you were you were little yeah my dad always put it that it's in my blood whether i tried to get away from it when i was younger because i didn't want to dress just like my dad i wanted to do what i wanted to do it's you know, when it's in your family and it's it's something that your family does and you're around it, it's really hard to get away from. Yeah. I think that's that's something that, you know, you'll see a lot of these TikTokers post about who are generational ranchers or whatever. It's really hard for them to, I guess you could say, date out of that culture, because if you don't know, you don't know. You just you can't get away from it. And it's just it's been in my blood for a long time and uh, yeah. very proud of that. It's it's kind of hard to. I heard somebody, a, a buddy of mine, put it this way once. Uh, said it's kind of hard to talk about Wu Tang when all you know is Waylon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a really great way to put it. Um, you know, and and obviously with what I deal with, I've had to be punchy in my own way, and it's been different than anybody in my family's ever done. But you know, according to some people on the internet, and this is very few, but some people say I'm a hand. For what I can do, some yeah. people say I'm hand. Well, I do because you already throw a prettier loop than me. A lot of practice. <laughs> yeah, well, I and, and that's the thing. I don't, I don't practice, but I, I just get disheartened and I'm like, eh, I'm good. Well, man, just, just something about being around livestock to me, being around horses especially, is just there's a sense of just love that I have for those animals, and you know. Horses have a have a personality of their own, and I know you know that. Oh yeah. Um, and you you can tell when a horse cares about you, and when when they want to take care of you, and man, just just being around those horses and just livestock is just something that brings a certain joy out of me. That I'm like, you know what? I don't know how I'm gonna do it. I may fall trying to get down to the arena or out in this pasture, but I'm gonna get to it. It, I, there are a lot of horses out there that's been through here and I've sold and stuff through the years that know more about me than any woman ever will. Mm-hmm. Well, and I had a, I had a really good instructor in college. I had a, I was a part of a horsemanship class in college and uh, Riley Morrow is his name, cowboy out of Abilene, Texas. And he taught us that a good horse will teach you good horsemanship. Yes. So if you put a brand new rider on a good horse, that horse will fix most of those issues that that person had when it comes to their horsemanship. It's I I always um I always use the the quarterback for my my sports folks out there the analogy of the quarterback um the the quarterback might be in charge of making sure that play is executed but it still takes everybody else on the team too and that's kind of how uh horse and rider should work mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people they get this attitude that you know well, i'm in charge he's going to do what i want to do no he's going to do what he wants to do you just have to ask him mm-hmm. the, the correct way to get the response you want oh yeah but so i remember when you were you were still in college and you were taking your horsemanship classes and yes, that was about the time you really got super interested in team roping right yeah. Yeah. So I had always grown up being a bull riding guy. I grew up riding some steers and some calves and I was just always loved rough stock, man. Love the rub stock guys. But you know, the more that I was riding these horses and everything, I was like, man, what is something I can do that I could be, you know, somewhat successful at that physically I could still do. And 
team roping just came to mind because my dad does it. You know, I said my uncles have done it and anything rodeo, I'll eat it up. But I had started team roping at a very young age when I was like 10 and stepped away from it just because it wasn't working out for me. But I was I was just drawn to it. I don't know what it was, but it was just it was drawing me to it. And I my instructor, Riley, had a dummy out at his place. And anytime I could, I just rope that thing. The, uh, I, you know, I, I, team ropers to me have always been the, and I love team ropers. I love their personality. They all, they all have a very unique personality. They do. They, yeah. They have this, like, some of them have this, uh, alpha kind of outwardness, but deep down, um, some team ropers can be like the biggest goobers you ever met. Like usually the funniest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. I, I always say usually the funniest guy in the room though is usually a bulldogger. But the I always think steer steer every time you meet a steer wrestler, steer wrestler is always funny. Usually he's a big husky guy. He's country as the day is long, and nobody understands bulldoggers except for bulldoggers. I'd and, have to agree. Yeah, team ropers, team ropers. You know they they're kind of that outward alpha but they're going to be dressed to the nines if they go out on town like those boots are shined that's the team roper there there are some but i also know some man that just they'll go out and wear the same dirty stuff that they had rode in that day out to dinner they may change into some sneakers or something but they're still dirty as can be yeah i love it I love it. I don't think a lot of folks understand like there's like every event in the Western world has just got the uh, has got a stereotype. Oh, yeah. And, every- you know, and they're exaggerated. You know what I mean? They're exaggerated. Oh, yeah. um, but some of them are you hit the nail on the head with them. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Like to Rainers, everyone's a peasant. Yep. <laughs> like Rainers, Rainers, you know, and again, that's overly uh overly exaggerated like they're not all rainers think that they're better than everybody else or anything like that but everybody's like everybody hears and they're like oh yeah this is my buddy by the way he rains and then you look at him you go man i wonder how many square feet his house is right you know i mean just it it automatically goes there you just think big money you know oh yeah so so you start getting interested in team room and i was i started noticing in your in your content you were spending a lot of time with a dummy Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of people don't understand about team roping is other than your horsemanship, which is 50% of it, in my opinion, like 50% of your team roping is your ability to ride a horse. And maybe it's even more than that. Some people would probably argue it's like 75 to 80% is your horsemanship. Um, but for me, uh, when I first got started, it was mostly just working on the dummy and just fixing issues because a lot of people don't understand that there's a lot of muscle groups that go into swinging a rope and swinging it correctly. Um, you know, there was one of my instructors for a while broke it down to like three different places. You know, you got to get your shoulder involved. You got to get your, uh, arm involved and you got to get your wrist involved and just being able to get that down to where you're swinging the way you're supposed to is difficult. But I used the dummy as a place for me to almost, it was almost my therapy. Yeah. 
I can see that. It's one of those things where I feel like it can be kind of numbing. It's one of those, you ever seen those jobs where people on uh, just uh, construction lines or whatever in a, in a factory and they're just putting a little piece on something and it's moving forward and it's just kind of a mindless job. Well, for me, that's what, you know, roping the dummy turned into is you're just, you're focusing on roping, throwing, going and getting it and trying it again. Oh yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I've, there's been different things in my life that, you know, work get you down or personal life get you down and you find something that just honestly dumbs everything down for you that that's all you can focus on, you know, for a while golfing with my buddies, um, was the thing. And you hear a lot of people say that, you know, Oh, how can, I don't understand how anybody could play golf or how anybody could, you know, go out there all day and chase a little ball. It's not about the little ball. It's about you've just escaped everything and your whole life now just revolves around that little ball. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. the best there. Same way with, you know, just going out and hacking on a horse, um, doing a little trailblazing, you know, alone or just with a buddy. At that moment in time, the only thing that matters is you and the relationship with that horse. You're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about relationships. You're not thinking about um, the whatever latest thing on the news that they're trying to scare everybody with it, it is just you and a horse and and i can i i see i see exactly why you would step out you know and you know you you almost create you you create a different world for you in the moment that you're throwing that rope oh yeah so have you uh are you a better header or healer oh i'm i'm a header 100 percent like at you trying to be Trevor Brazil, something like that. I'm just trying to be Rowdy Colton and uh, just be rank as I can be. There's there's no need to try to be somebody. I'm just trying to be as rank as Rowdy can be. There you go. Well, you got the right name for it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I can't. I can't wait to hear hear that the NFR one day. You know, I've always name. told people because a lot of people think that my goal is to go pro. You know, I'm I'm I in my opinion, I'm a little bit far behind on the curve i mean i don't even have a truck to be able to pull a trailer or anything like that and i don't even have a saddle but for me big picture i just want to be a jackpot thug i just want to there go is nothing wrong with that i just want to be the guy that can go spend some money make some money and hang out with people i mean and don't get me wrong i think it would be amazing to rope in the nfr but i just right now to me it, it doesn't seem reachable but for me, jackpot thug is very reachable. Yeah. Well, you've got to have, you've got to set um, realistic goals mm-hmm. because they're goals that you can reach. You can yeah. have a lot, you can have lofty aspirations and you, everyone should. Oh, yeah. You've got to set some goals along the way. Listen, you know, I, I came up in the barrel world and, uh, you know, we have, we have jackpot thugs too. Because some of the best can turners I ever knew, they weren't people you were going to see in NBHA Worlds. They weren't people you were going to see running WPRA. They were people that you were going to see running jackpots and running uh, those noble barrel races, the better barrel races and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I, I can think of a handful of times I've seen those people you know, qualify for Worlds because they're not going to sit in a district long enough to accumulate points they're going where the money is oh yeah one for me i think my lofty goal world series at south point that's my 
That is my lofty goal. One of my mentors, he's a really, really good buddy of mine. We were talking on the phone beginning of December, and he said, you know, I think my goal for you and a goal that you need to set for yourself is 2024, you need to be at South Point roping in the number seven. Yeah. Is that is that USTRC? I think so. I think you, so. The, the USTRC is kind of like the NBHA. You could pay fees and join, right? Like it, Yeah. Yeah. You have to... You have to get a membership and all that kind of stuff, and then they have uh, qualification ropens. Oh, okay. So yeah, so we don't we don't really do that in the NBHA, but you have uh, unless it's changed. Used to you you paid, and then um, you had to run district shows, and then you mm -hmm. had to accumulate those points, um, and then you'd be qualified for other stuff. But okay, I mean similar, similar, just a little different. So I get I get the gist of how that works. Yeah. Um. But is USTRC on your radar? You know, man, I a little bit, but I think right now what's on my radar is just because of where I'm at in life, I want to be able to consistently just be able to go rope at somebody's house. Yeah. Um, just because where I've the people that I've talked to, the people that I trust, um, I'm friends with some guys that, that are on the pro rodeo circuit that mm. barely missed the finals this year. So people that I trust and know what they're doing, you know, we've all talked and we've agreed, you know, I, I could win at a, at a jackpot for a number, you know, me being a three or a four. So like a, a six roping or a seven roping, I could win. So it's just, it's a matter of me being able to consistently practice yeah, um, on a horse, just because that that's the biggest issue that I've ran into. I don't have a saddle that fits correctly. So I'm using all these people's saddles that are bigger than what I can, than what I need to be using. Yeah. And I don't have a horse. So right now the radar for me is get mounted up in the the tack that I need to be successful and be able to practice. But other than that, man, I, I I'm ready. It's just a matter of let's let's prove it to myself that I can right. rope and go left. That that way you can load up. You can go to the rope and pin on a Friday evening and hang out with your buddies and turn steers and tell lies and. Oh yeah. And do all that. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is I work a full-time job that has nothing to do with the Western industry. Yeah, me too. I, so, I, yeah. so, you know, it's, it's one of those, you know how it is. Sometimes when you're doing jobs that have nothing to do with what you want to do, sometimes it's hard to get that motivation to be like, man, I got, I need to, I need to be working towards this. I need to be doing this. When I get home, sometimes I'm like, I need to take a nap. Yeah, that, and that, that's that's a hundred percent me. That's a very valid point because I I do the opposite. Now I work with people who like to think they're part of that. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you know how welders are. Oh yeah. Um, you know, they, I, we're a weird bunch. Anyway, with that said, though, it, it's far removed from what I want to be doing with horses these days. But when I get off of work. I sometimes dread going out there and feed. Now on the weekends, all I can think about is being with my horses and doing oh, yeah. horse stuff and everything else. But during the week, when I really should be taking that extra hour of daylight that I have and doing something and getting better at something, it's the last thing on my mind. It's the last thing I want to do. Oh yeah. Well, you know, the, and I'm the same way. I mean, so I work at I'm a special education aide at an elementary school. So I work with your sped kids that you'd see at schools and you know, I'm, I'm exhausted with kids, man. So I come home and I'm, I'm ready to just shut down, but I, I have a really good friend of mine that, uh, 
she is constantly on me about, Hey, did you do your 10 in a row today? Hey, did you rope today? Did you, did you rope today? And so I've, I've slowly, not really slowly, but surely, but I just, I've had to surround myself with people that want to see me succeed because they know how bad I want it. But they also know that sometimes they have to drag me along the way because I lose my motivation too, because I don't have the ability to go rope like I'd like to. So sometimes I get burnt out. Yeah. Oh, I see it. I know. I know exactly what you're, what you mean there. There's been times where I have just, I've come home from work and I'm like, why the hell do I even still have horses? Yeah. I mean, you know? cause for me, I'm, I'm a very competitive person. I know a lot of people would, you know, be shocked because of my disability. They're thinking, Oh, you can't really do much. He's not really competitive. no, I'm a very competitive yeah, person. That has, that has nothing to do with your mentality. Oh yeah. I am I am a very competitive person. Um, and I'm just ready to go out and rope, man. And when I can't do that and I haven't been able to do it, it, it's exhausting to be like, I'm doing all this work on the dummy. I'm perfecting my craft, I guess you could say, but I'm not getting to put it to work. And it's just it's easy to get burnt out. So sometimes you gotta sometimes I'll take a week off and not even pick up a rope. And then there's days where I'm picking up the rope an hour a day, hour and a half a day, just because I have to get after it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I run through similar scenarios with social media. Like I get so burnt out sometimes. And yep. I'm like, I just, I don't know why I do it. It's not, I'm not having fun right now. You know, I lack mentally to come up, you know, with engaging content. Yeah, and you know, I will just there be lulls, like a week lull, and I won't post a thing. And that's the tough thing about social media, man. You know it just as well as everybody else does that does social media. You know, sometimes when you you go from you got videos that are consistently getting thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand views, and then sometimes you and then you'll go through that month period of man, you can hardly even get three thousand views on a video. No, and it's it's weird because I mean we met because of social media. We have a similar size following. We're and in, I'm catching up to you, by the way. And you are catching up to me. I'm about ten thousand behind you now. And uh, we, you know, we do um, we do content that's geared toward the same industry or ish. You yeah. Know. Um. You know, and I've seen us both have those kind of those funks. I call them funks. You know. Yeah. Uh, I got one recently, you know, and then all of a sudden my DMs are full. You know, where you been? What are you doing? But you bring up a valid point. Like, it seems like the harder you work on something, the less views you get. Like, it, it never fails. If I take and I spend two days making something really, really good, mm -hmm. like, and editing it all great, you know, and perfect, coming back to it, tweaking it, and then finally, oh, this is perfect. And I post it, 5,000 views, 6,000 views. If I take and post something that's 15 to 20 seconds long of me just repeating something I saw somebody else comment somewhere and said it sounded cool, mm -hmm. 250,000 views, 300,000 views. I got one that's 1.4 million views or something like that just because I told people how to properly pronounce Harriet. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know? I currently like a lot of my videos are barely getting 2,000 views. I post a video of me in some Ranger panties running and doing some goofy stuff and it's at 6,000 views and I haven't gotten a video like that in forever. That's because you just posted cougar bait. That, and I'm just goofy, man. That's the thing is I wish more of my Western and team roping stuff would do that, but I know how the world is. 
Everybody yeah. going to handicap people. They just don't like to outwardly express that. So <laughs> I just make it more comfortable for people to laugh at me. Well, you know, and I've noticed that like with your content is like when you'll post a video talking about, uh, really wish I could meet a girl and just remember I've got really good parking or something mm -hmm. like that. You know, mm -hmm. like it blows up. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And then, you know, when you do something serious, something that like your heart is in, it, it's almost like the meme. Uh, do you want to see something I made? You know what I mean? Or you yeah. want to see something that means a lot to me? And oh, yeah. They, and and then, they blow it off. Oh, yeah. And then I'll look, and an hour later, it only has like 600 views. And I'm like, man, this is something I care about. And, yeah. But I've also come to the realization that, you know, maybe it just takes the right person to see that for it to make a difference. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I want my content to do well because, you know, I want to be able to work with some bigger companies. I want to do this. I want to do that. And, you know, sometimes you can't really do that if your content is not doing well. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm just, well, especially when we're in an industry and we have talked about this before on the show, because we are in an industry that seems like when it comes to social media and the internet, it's 30 years behind. Yeah. They don't have a clue. Like, you know, there's some companies who are really making some effort. Uh, to try to get out there. Tobacco is one. Tobacco really pushes, you know, we're going to do this. Uh, Tacovas. Tacovas got huge because of social media. Yep. You know, um, but, you know, we, brands like, um, you know, brands like Ariat, brands like Wrangler, brands like uh, Stetson. You know, you can go you can go to a Western event right now and it'd be ten thousand people there and it'll be less than a thousand Stetsons walking around. Yeah. People don't wear Stetsons anymore. And it's nothing against them. Stetson makes a fine hat. Nobody thinks of Stetson because Stetson's name isn't out there anymore. And what you, you know, see, what you see is a, American and Saratelli. Yep. The two know? hats that you'll see the most at a rodeo event are your Americans. And your resistals. And resistals, yeah. And for and if I and no offense to resistol, but if I'm picking between the two, I'm taking the American because that's still owned by the family. That uh, that's that's still family owned. There's still a small operation. Like American is not a huge company. I don't, you know, like people think they are. They're not. Same with Saratelli. They're not this huge conglomerate. Um, they're still owned by the Saratelli family. They have the same factory they've had in New Jersey for a hundred years. You know. But it's wild because of how big American got through social media. Yes. They they are huge on the social media platform. And if you went down to the stockyards in Fort Worth, Texas, um, I went down for a team roping not too long ago, and you'll see the American hat patches on probably 60% of your hats down there. Oh, yeah. Well, it, when the funny thing is, is you will see American hat patches on like Tractor Supply Justin has. Yep. Like I've seen it just because it's, it's cool. People, they oh, see no. it. So they, they want it, you know? Um, I was talking to Cheyenne from Saratelli and I was like, Saratelli needs to do hat patches. And she goes, yeah, I brought it up. I don't know if it can be, I was like, hat patches are a thing right now. Oh, I was yeah. like, you know, you need, you know. so it is what it is. They're catching up, but American really stepped out and was like, Hey, we are going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to grab social media. With both hands. Well, think about it. Hang on. Dale Brisby was one of the was probably one of the first 
social media people that they began to work with. Yeah. And it really blew up around that time. And then you guys got guys like JB Mooney who, you know, obviously JB's not a big social media guy, but a lot of people follow him. When you see and, that when you see that American hat patch though. Mm-hmm. And and JB does not wear anything fancy. Mm-mm. You know, he's just got he's got a dim uh, what an almost an open crown with a dimple top. Yeah. And why he wears a wide brim. Yep. You know, with like what a two and a half inch, three inch turn up. Probably. And a little dip. I mean, it's nothing nothing fancy. I could probably shape that hat and I'm not a hat shaper. Yeah, I mean But it's but, that American hat patch on the side of that that says And hey. and people look up to him and people like Dale Brisby. Yeah. And, you know, Sage Kimsey just switched over to American. So they're going after these people that have a big presence on the interwebs. Yeah, and it couldn't happen to a better company. Because, you know, again, I work with I work with Sarah Telly and when I'm on the phone talking with Sarah Telly, my contact there, Cheyenne, who runs their social media, we talk about American a lot because they Sarah Telly as a whole has a lot of admiration for American. They're, they're mm-hmm. The companies are almost friends because they're very similar. Now, American, obviously, in the space is probably doing a shade better right now on the mm-hmm. higher end. Mm-hmm. But. You know, when you when you hear, you know, you're doing something right when your com- direct competitor is going, oh, they're a great company. Oh yeah. You know, or like we were talking about the lack of straws that are going to be out this spring, just because th- there's just no straw to be had. Like they're going to be hurting, and the ones that are going to be out are going to be really expensive. And I was talking to uh, Sarah Telly, and Sarah Telly's like, "Well, we're shipping right now, and we're even shipping felt still right now." But there's a lot of people aren't, you know, Americans having a hard time. And and it was almost like they wanted to say American reached out was like, can you help? Mm. And I don't know what transpired, you know, because things are things are rough out there. But, you know, to hear companies talk about another company, you know, like that, like, oh, no, we love them. You know, and then, you know, something else helps, too, is like the cow lot. The cow lot is all over social media, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're indiscriminate when it comes to brands. Oh yeah, the, well, and that's the great thing is you. For me, I guess I had never really seen many just hat shaping companies, yeah, or or just buildings or whatever you want to call it. I mean, when I grew up, it was there. You either had to like shape it yourself at home. You could go to like a Cavenders or places like that, um, but there wasn't really many standalone hat shaping places. Well, American has best hat store in Fort Worth, and all they do is sell and shape hats. The cow lot, they sell all sorts of hats, but they shape hats. But it's, you know, again, it's the presence of social media, and a lot of people love watching the hat shaping process. I love watching it. I do too. I I think it's amazing, but I think it's just a lot of what the Western industry has been in the past is – Obviously, you need your older people that have the wisdom to keep this thing alive, but it's been the lack of social media presence to draw attention. Because obviously, no matter what, the Western industry is going to be around. You're yeah. going to need your ranchers. You're going to need your farmers. It's always going to be around, always. And, but, and, West, and Western fashion is, too. Oh, for sure. But it's it's the simple fact of social media grabs attention like none other. Yeah. 
And and that's the simple fact. I mean, you look at, I mean, obviously just the way that the things, the people that I follow most of my for you page is Western and cowboy stuff. And it's just a matter of, you know, just seeing it just, it's just, it just takes one time to see something that just can grab a person's attention. Yeah. They, you know, and like a guy like you, which is, this is a good segue, um, that does a lot of fit checks, um, you know, takes pride in the way they look, you know, you, you understand brands and you understand branding and how that affects with social media, because you're also in social media. Mm-hmm. The, the, the thing that kind of blows my mind is how some of these companies have just, you know, they, uh, instead of getting a hold of social media personalities, the people who are going to get the most exposure for them, mm. instead of paying that guy a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks to wear your product, they will spend thirty, forty thousand dollars for a 40 second commercial shot with super high end cameras that somebody's literally going to click off of as soon as it comes up because they know it's a commercial. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, what's crazy is, so I, I love Wrangler. Um, and I love cinch. I love, I love those two brands for sure. One, like one thing that I was thinking about not too long ago was. I think it was mom. Yeah, this is mom. Hi mom. You can say hi. This is Ryan. Sorry, I didn't realize you all were on. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. We, we can edit this out. It's no, okay. we're not. We're not editing nothing out. Right. Mom's staying. We yeah. we were we're talking about how amazing of a son you have. I mean, I kind of like him. We ought to get her in on a segment one of these days, and you can ask her questions about how I was raised and kind of what her thoughts are on me being in the Western industry because she's not in it, and my stepdad's not in it. Yeah. So I kind of do all this myself. You, he scares you to death, doesn't he? No. No. I've no. never stopped him from doing anything. That's that's see, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> that's that's the answer I wanted. Well, and that, that's that's the difference between my mom and parents that have kids that don't have any disabilities is when I was raised, they they didn't want me to be separated from everybody else. Yeah. They wanted me to be involved and me do what I wanted to do. The only thing they didn't ever let me do was soccer. That was the one thing as a child that I didn't ever get to do was soccer. I wonder why. <laughs> a lot of running involved. <laughs> well, you boys get back to it. Have a great day. Yes, ma'am. It was good meeting you. Thank you. You too. Hey, I'm going to rope at 645 at Reed's house. This is This is all staying in. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. We'll get mom in there. But no, I mean, I guess kind of just a segue into that, I guess. Um, the the big thing that my parents wanted, like looking back on it now as a kid, was my parents wanted me to do what I wanted to do. Now, I understand that there's different parenting styles, and I'm not going to tell people how to parent. But if you really want, I have, a, I get a lot of personal messages that tell me that people tell me, you know, you really inspire my son, all this. And, and it's awesome. I love it. But your child can do the same things that I can do if you just allow them to try. Yeah. 
And a lot of parents are afraid to let their kids do things out of fear to get hurt, which, you know, that's valid. That's fine. But, you know, my parents, you know, obviously they didn't want me getting hurt, but they also didn't want to hold me back because when you're holding somebody back, it gives them no chance for growth. You know, I, I kind of always live by the philosophy of this, you know, when I hear parents, oh, I just don't want them to get hurt. Um, the, me personally, physical and emotional scars are what makes us unique. It's Steve Harvey makes... said a wonderful quote. I, I listened to some Steve Harvey motivational videos. Steve Harvey is the man, by the way. I, and I encourage anybody that's listening to look up Steve Harvey motivational videos. But one of the things that he said was, you need some dirt on you to grow. Think about a plant or a flower. They need dirt to grow. They they don't need they they can't survive without having that dirt to help them grow. Yeah. So you know, and so one thing that my dad always said to me as a kid, and he still even says it to me now, is, "Well, it's a long way from your heart." Yeah. You know, I'd fall, my knees would be bleeding, my hands would be bleeding, whatever. Well, it's a long way from your heart. You know, so it's a lot of what I do is attributed to my parents and what they pushed me to do. That's another thing is when I would start something, I wouldn't be allowed to quit. See, I do that with my girls. If if you want to take dance, well, then you're going to do this whole year of dance. You're not going to quit. Now, when it comes time to renew it and you're like, hey, this isn't for me. I don't really like it. Mm. That's fine. But when you sign up, you're going to get through however long this class goes. You're going to do oh, this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and unless it was literally physically harming me and it just wasn't smart for me to keep doing it. Yeah, it was. You're gonna finish. You're gonna find one way to finish or not. You wanted to do this, so it was also the life lessons of hey, when you commit to doing something, even if you end up not liking it, you follow through. You need to follow through. Yeah. Well, and there's so many times looking back now, I'm like, I appreciated that because it's helped create who I am as a person now. Mm -hmm. I'm not just gonna turn around and be like, um, you know what? I, I just don't feel like it. No, when you start something, you have to see it through. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Because when you don't, you learn. You teach children that quitting is always an option. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be times that the, the easiest road um, is not going to be the best road, but it's going to be obviously the um, uh, it's it's going to be the most. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for here? Um. The term boots on the ground usually denotes that action is being taken, that something is being done, unless we're talking about Aaron O'Neill and the Appalachian Legacy Initiative. And quite literally, when we say boots on the ground, we mean her boots, as she is on the ground every day up in the mountains of Appalachia working with horses that the world has basically forgotten. From mineral supplementation to medical care to rounding up bachelor stallions, it is Erin, her pickup truck, and her dogs doing 99% of the work. So when she accepted a partnership with this show, I was more than elated. And she's not paying me. I just want to help. This is how ingrained this subject is to me. As an ethnic Appalachian and a lover of horses, how could I not want to play some role in what's trans one of my most beloved sponsors has got to be audible i had an audible account long before i thought about ever getting into podcasting 
And Audible has an awesome gift for all of my listeners. And if you head over to audibletrial.com forward slash jryan, you're going to get a free audiobook on them and me. All you have to do is sign up for a free trial. And if you decide that Audible's not for you, and within 30 days, you can cancel. No harm, no foul, you spend no money, and you get to keep that free audiobook. Audible has hundreds of thousands of books in their catalog read by world-renowned narrators. From New York Times bestsellers to the classics, they're all on Audible. So again, head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash jryan and pick up your free audiobook today. I want to take this opportunity to talk about our latest partner here on Behind the Horse's Eyes, and that is Herd of Zebras. You can find them over at www.herd-of-zebras.com. And Herd of Zebras is more than just an equestrian lifestyle brand. It's a global community of just badass people who inspire others with their perseverance, grit, compassion, and authenticity. And what other people might call scars, whether it be physical or emotional, they call stripes. It's the experiences and the hardships that cause us to become stronger, kinder, and braver. Unlock all of that over at Herd of Zebras. I wear their shirts constantly. I was lucky enough for them to send me some swag. Um, I've done some promotional stuff for them. I'm going to tell you, I am sold. The quality of their products is is, is amazing. They're, all their products are printed here in the U.S. You're not going to find better people and people with a better message than Herd of Zebras. If you use the discount code JRyan at checkout over at Herd of Zebras, you're going to get 10% off of your order. All the info for that is going to be in the description of this episode. That's www.herd-of-zebras.com. Promo code JRyan for 10% off today. I bet you didn't know we had a merch store. That's right. We actually have merch. If you head on over to the description, the notes of this episode, there will be a link there to the merch store. and You can head on over to the Mediocre Horseman store. From there, we have socks, we have hoodies, we have tanks, we have tees, and there's new designs coming out all the time. And the special this month is the Feral Appalachia shirt. 100% of the proceeds of that shirt are going to help feral horses in Appalachia. And 50% of everything else that's sold in the store is also going to go help feral horses in Appalachia through Feral Erin as part of the Appalachia Legacy Initiative. So click the link in the description, head on over there, get something, help out some amazing horses, some amazing people, and uh, help me feed my horses, for crying out loud. You teach children that quitting is always an option. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be times that the, the easiest road um, is not going to be the best road, but it's going to be obviously the um, uh, it's, it's going to be the most, uh, what is the word I'm looking for here? Um, I feel like with the rough roads, it's going to be the most rewarding. Yeah, the rough road is going to be the the most rewarding in the end. Um, and character building, it's going to be the most character building experience. I mean, I think about just my disability in general, and and I'm going to say this: it may sound a little cliche, but I feel like almost everything I do is a character building experience. Oh, it is. So. You know, a company that I work with, and this is not shameless plug, it's just I love their message, and that is Herd of Zebras. Herd of Zebras is not really in the Western space. 
Mm. They're they're in the equestrian world, the more English side. That that um, Forrest, who created that company, is an English rider. Um, but th they understand horsemanship and they understand this space as well. And the reason that they are called herd of zebras has to do with stripes, and that we are all zebras. Mm -hmm. And what the stripes are are our physical and emotional scars. And they make us who we are. They make us better people if we allow them to. And we ac we accomplish that by being a herd. Yep. And and I love that. I love that message from them. Also, guys, go check them out. If you use J Ryan at I think it's J yeah J Ryan at checkout, you get a little discount over there. You know, and it's funny that you bring up herd because I think of a few specific people that weren't my parents but they were pa people that were in my herd that helped make me who i am i think of a one of my football coaches that i had uh, devin lemons he was the defensive line coach at my high school and that dude would push me just to be the best person that i could be he held me to a higher standard than he may help hold other people my, my favorite people that I look back on life were the ones that held me to a higher standard and expected a lot out of me more than other people would have expected out of me. That's your herd. Yeah. yeah because and I, those, those are the people that, that see your potential that you do not see. Yeah. And I want to define herd for some of those that are just kind of looking cockeyed at the radio right now. I don't mean herd as in the herd mentality of you just go along with everything what we mean when we mean herd is the people that are in your corner and you're in their corner. That's your it's like herd. A, it's like a pack. It's your too. circle. Yeah. The, the people that's got your back. The people that you can call at 2 a.m. are the people that can call you at 2 a.m. And there's no questions other than shovel or gun type thing. The old joke. You know what I mean? What yeah. do I bring? A shovel or a gun type thing. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that's a herd. Of my, some of my best friends or most of my best friends, none of them do social media. Yeah. They, they, they all have it, but they don't do it. Yeah. And those are the ones that, you know, they may give me a hard time about doing it, about being the TikTok guy or whatever. But those are also the same guys that if something happened in my life, those are the ones that I could call literally at 3 a.m., no questions asked, and they'd show up at my yeah. doorstep. You know, some of my best friends are the exact same way. And again, I, you and I are probably more similar than we are different. Yeah. And we're both you know, short. We got that, you know, vertical. That's right. Uh, I walk kind of funny too, but I've torn both my knees. I'm also 40, you know, I'm, I'm joking. See, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the, the crazy thing is, you know, I've got friends the same way. They have social media. They have, they have TikTok mm -hmm. and they know that, you know, Oh, the, the horse history guy on TikTok, they give me crap about it, but they're the first one. And, and sometimes I have to send a message. It's okay. It's fine. I get comments like this all the time. If somebody mm -hmm. leaves like this, this like, inflammatory comment mm -hmm. oh man they're just like moths to the flame you know you well, don't know this guy you know and i'm like oh easy it's okay just some of my right. guys have been the ones that have left the wild comments because they know me so well like i got one of my best friends he commented one day you ain't no cowboy oh yeah I've oh, had... and it, it fired people up but i you know they know me literally better than anybody my know? buddy chris did that to me today he he uh he is not oh he is not in our world at all. You know what I mean? Damn good guy. I know him. I was a firefighter in EMT for quite a few years, and that's where I met Chris. Um, great guy. 
but he, he, he posted this, he tagged me on Facebook the day and he goes, man, uh, I, am." uh, he goes, we get it. You watch Yellowstone <laughs> and then tagged me. And I'm like, what? Oh yeah, dude. They'll, yeah. my buddies will give me the hardest time. Like we were playing video games one day and we were in a party chat and one of them said, you better be careful what you say to Rowdy. He'll go make a TikTok about you. Oh, and I'm like, God. dang man, that's. It's like, it's, are you Taylor Swift now? You know, instead you just make TikTok instead of writing the songs. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, dude, is that, like I said, the ones that will give me the hard time are the same ones that will show up when I need them. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Those are the it's the tough love crowd is always the best, man. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like they all say nobody nobody likes a redneck until you need a redneck. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's kind of the same way in like circles of friends. Always the one that gives you the most crap is always going to be the first one usually to give the shirt. Oh, yeah. Well, I talked to some of my... My, I have a couple different friend groups just because of where I was at in life and everything. Yeah. And I've had that discussion with people because in my college friend group, I was the rougher one just because of my personality. But I talked to one of them and he said, man, you give us all so much crap, but I know specifically that if I called you and I needed something, you'd be the first one to show up with no questions asked. You would, you would literally show up and be willing to throw down. So I had this conversation, uh, and I need to have it with him again in more depth because I don't think he got what was going on. You brought up, you know, video gaming a little bit ago, and like you, I give if if you're having a bad night playing Red Dead or something with me, I'm mm. gonna give you hell. Oh yeah, and like, oh man, my buddy was just killing. He was killing our teams. Like, like we could not do anything because of his dying. And at one point, I was like, why don't you just go hide? We got this. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, man, it just set him off. Oh, and then man, he go- And then he goes, he goes, he got real quiet, and then he left. He left the match. And then I go, did you have a temper tantrum? And he goes, well, I guess I'm just a piece of shit. And he just logged off. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, we're not having pity party. And so oh, I shot him dude, a message. I've had so many times like that where i would leave a group message or i would leave a party like a party chat or whatever and they'd add me right back to it and just grill me even more of yeah no we're, you're not just gonna get to leave you don't get to do that no, you don't get to just leave and so you know i i, I, I explained to him and i gotta reiterate it too that let me tell you something just because i tell you to go hide and that you're killing this match or whatever you're doing doesn't mean i don't love you Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to back you. It just means that you need to step up to the plate for the rest of us right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was a big Call of Duty guy for a while. Um, Me and my buddies, we'd always play Call of Duty together, and and I'm the worst player on our team, 100%. Yeah, I'm like the second to the last person on our team. And, I, dude, I I remember there'd be times I'd be getting yelled at through my headset of, why don't you just pick it up and we won't be losing? Yeah. and like it's but i get it man but again like it's it's the tough love dudes it's the ones and see and i'm an emotional guy i will cry over anything that's just how i am i'm very emotional milo and otis got you didn't it? do what uh, you ever seen milo and otis maybe but the about the pug and the cat uh-uh i haven't seen that one you gotta watch it it made me cry no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna... It, it still gets me to this day 
Oh, we're no, having I... apparently we're having this conversation now. I was uh, watching Lonesome Dove. Couldn't finish it. Couldn't finish Lonesome you Dove. You always bring up Lonesome Dove, and then I always get sad. Yeah. Well, but no, man, back to our conversation about just the Western industry and everything like that. It's I've done a lot of thinking about it. I, I see a lot of people on social media saying that it's so hard to get in, this and that. And I, I've done a lot of thinking about it. And I don't necessarily think it's as hard as everybody says it is. It's not. I think what it is is people aren't willing to put in the effort it takes to get involved in it. No, you know, we we always talk about how there's a lot of crappy people in every industry. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be people that's always going to talk crap to you. Oh, yeah. And there's always going to be people that think that it's their job to protect the industry from outsiders. And that's just not the case. No. Um, And a lot of people, they get turned away. And I know we have both talked about, uh, you know, how we should welcome people. Um, Fresh blood is good. First generations come from somewhere. But on the same token, a lot of those folks are like, I tried and I can't. People are just so bad. Well, did you approach it by just ignoring a lot of those people too? I think a lot of it too is who are you appro- approaching? Well, yeah. Um, I have some people on social media that they don't have the biggest following, but they're people that I trust that are ranchers or are day hands and people that they care about me and they see the effort that I'm putting forth. Um, I, I think that that's a lot of what it is too, is that I think sometimes that people look at the ones with the most followers and those are the ones that they are approaching. And that's not necessarily, in my opinion, uh, always the best path to take. No, it, it, it's not only because yes, having a large following, awesome, good for you. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they are always the ones that may have a way for you they they may not have as much of a foot in the door that that you think they do no i have um i'm trying to think of a couple people Um, and and don't be mad when people are trying to just hold you to a better standard especially a standard that they know that you can reach and i think that's part of it too is that there's a lot of folks that don't understand tough love they don't understand that people are going to hold you to a higher standard um you know, in this industry and you no, can't, no. you can't confuse that. Now this industry can be toxic. It is extremely toxic, but you can't confuse someone who is trying to give you constructive criticism and they're doing it in a rather crude way. Yeah. With, well, I got a buddy that you know, I, I, trying send, to keep you out. I send TikToks to, he goes by fingers. I can't remember his name. Love Ralph, it. Love it. But love he goes name. by fingers, but he's a, he is a, he is a ranch hand. Yeah. And he's dang good at it. I was about to say, anybody that calls themselves fingers is probably a hell of a hand. Oh, yeah, he is. And I, if I see something come across my For You page that I don't understand, whether it's about, you know, a certain bit or whatever it may be, and I don't understand, but I want to know, I'll send it to him. Mm-hmm. And I will simply just be like, hey, what do you think? And the dude will send me a huge paragraph explaining and breaking things down for me. So for me, obviously, I want to have the connections of the people that have the huge following because those are the ones that have the industrial uh, connections, you know, with brands or something like that. But I also want the connections of the people that I see them doing the work that I want to be doing. Yeah, I I have. 
Yeah, I have my own fingers. His name's Teddy Frankie. Mm. You know, I, I, well, I, I love him. I follow him. Huge fan of him. Yes, you know, and I'll I'll float stuff to Teddy a lot, and I'm like, what do you think of this? Because he's so eloquent, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he's forgot more. He's like your buddy. He's probably forgot more than what most people will ever know. And he's he's not out there in the forefront trying to let you know I'm smarter than you. You know what I mean? He's not oh, yeah. he's not that type of guy. One well, I'm one of the gals that I brought up earlier. Her name is Jade Flanagan. Uh, her brother, his name is Jeff Flanagan, and he's a PRCA team roper. Yeah, and Jade has a pretty decent little following on TikTok, but when it comes to cowboying, when it comes to the team roping and rodeo side of things, those are the two people that I go to for stuff. Yeah, Jeff isn't a huge guy on social media, but he is very good at team roping. The dude is rank. So when I want information about rodeo and or team roping, I go to those two. If I have questions about social media, I will go to my buddy Cameron Grigg who's one of the attack house personalities. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all about just connecting with the people that you want to find where you want to be located at. And right now I'm where I'm want to be kind of located is right in the middle. I was about to say, I want to be more on the team roping side of things. We're getting there, but right now I'm, I'm dead in the middle of TikTok and social media and cowboying. We we both walk that fine line between the actual industry and then the internet's persona of the industry. If that yeah. makes any sense, like we we are the the middle of that, and and we have friends on, on both. Right? Like I have friends that they completely look the part, they know what they're talking about, but they probably couldn't saddle their own horse. Yeah. Um, and they're great personalities and they're great ambassadors for the, the Western industry. Yeah. Um, on the same token, you know, I have buddies that seriously, I need to be taking lessons from. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And we walk that, we walk that fine line and I like it. I like where I'm at being in the middle. Oh yeah. Well, and the thing is too, is, you know, if it wasn't for my buddy Cameron, who I love to death, he's an amazing guy. He put me in touch with my management team. Now I have a management team that is helping Ooh. me grow with brands and all that stuff. But then I also have my team roping people that help put me in touch with my dream company cactus. Yeah. I you noticed know, that. I, Congratulations. Bob. Thank you. That was, man, I about cried that day. That was awesome. But yeah, you know, I, get, it's, I get emails from these management companies all the time. I don't know how they get my email unless it's from, uh, I use uh, a company that partners me with with other companies for mm. this show and on TikTok and stuff. And I don't know if they got my email from there. And but they're always like I don't know. They always seem scammy because it's always just like a, a a form email. You know. I'm very very thankful for for Melanie. She her and Alex are now my managers, and we just now started kind of kicking up some stuff, and I'm really excited about it. But it's just it, it really is cool to find myself like you, and we're walking that fine line of. We're, we're in both. I mean, obviously, like I've told people, if I could be team roping all the time, I'd probably drop my social media just like that so I could go team roping because that's the dream, you know? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like I've had, I have such a great opportunity to share my story and everything like that on social media. Um, but it's just we walk a really cool line that not everybody gets to. No, they, they, they don't. Um... And I think a lot of people they look to find that 
did to, to fall into that and I, I think a lot of folks have a have a difficult time trying to fall into that because either they're way too industry oriented or they're way too social media oriented yeah and and there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with that it, it just it makes a hard balance if you're more one way than the other you know if, if you're a western fashion person it's hard for you to make content um you know about horses or cow breeds yeah you know what I mean? Or or to be taken seriously there. And it's not that you don't know what you're talking about. It's because it's what you're known for. You could be perfectly versed in it. No one's going to take it serious, you know? Well, there's one guy that I want to plug. He's a friend of mine on TikTok now. We haven't really talked much, but his name is The Cattle Guy on TikTok. I, yeah, we, I am friends. I know The Cattle Guy. He well. is a first-generation rancher, and the dude is very open about how he had no idea what he was doing when he began. But he reached out to people, and I'm sure he was turned down by many people um, about getting help. But yeah. he probably reached out to a bunch of people, and the people in the industry were willing to help him out. You yeah. know, and he's a perfect example of if you really want to do it, you can. That's right. If if you if you in this industry specifically, if you reach out to somebody and they're an asshole, then reach out to somebody else. Because you're going to find somebody eventually is going to help you. There, there's a lot of people out there that, and it doesn't matter really what the industry is. Again, you know, we talk about how bad this industry can be at times, but with that said, there is people willing to help you. You're just going to have to find the right people. Well, and, that, and that's literally with with any industry. But I think that the tough thing is, it's just I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's. I think the toughest thing is it's the loudest voices that tend to be the most negative. It it always is. But people because seem I, to gravitate to the loudest voices. Well, and I think just with there was a lot of things going on within the, the Western TikTok industry. I want to emphasize the Western TikTok industry. Um, There's a lot of drama and things that that it, it really brought. Uh, the industry down and brought a lot of negativity to it but the thing is is i feel like there's a lot more positive people in the industry than there are negative but it's always negative is what people thrive off of in today's world aside from industries everybody loves negativity everybody loves drama they want to feed into it and that's right and i'm, and I'm sure you've seen it on your side of the western industry that i haven't seen but People love to feed into negativity because to them it's interesting. It it's is. Almost like, it's like reality TV show, but you're not watching it on TV. You're watching it unfold on a TikTok app. Well, and I mean, it's a false sense of reality. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's a false sense of reality. Um, oh, I am happy to see, you know, I, I just had to pop up because I wanted to look at something with Cattle Guy. I'm I'm impressed with this. One, well, he's got a huge following, by the way. He does. He and, has a really good following. Um, he follows me. I follow him. But like one of the best videos he made, and it's got the most views. Thank gosh, uh, is where he's actually talking about all the mistakes he made along the way. You know, that's the people you need to gravitate to. Oh, yeah. As the guys that are willing to tell you, I made a lot of mistakes. Let me tell you about them. Yeah. Not the, oh, it's perfect. Here's all you got to do. Oh, yeah. And well, because the thing is, is what didn't work for him 
might work for you. He could say, hey, this is what I did and it didn't work for me under this circumstance. Somebody could try it, learn from it, whatever. But I, I, one thing that I've grown to love about team roping is the people that I trust the most when it comes to critiquing my swing and everything, they're always the ones that are saying, you know, everybody's going to give you advice about your swing, pick and choose what you want to take with you and throw the other stuff out because everybody's going to have an opinion about it. Yeah. And that's, I'm sure that's with ranching, all that kind of stuff. For a while, when I first started roping, I would get so many comments about what I needed to fix. I need to do this. I need to do this. Man, if I took everybody's advice and applied it to my swing, I'd be swinging backwards. Well, and there's something else too. You got to find the right people that have enough sense to tell you what's a fad right now and what reality is and what's tried and true and is going to stick around because there's so many fads that come up in every industry and in, in, in the Western industry, be it team roping, tie down roping, cutting, raining, rain cow, horses, barrel racing, the matter. There's always going to be fads. And I feel, and this, this is my personal opinion. I feel that the ones that are always, that are the most knowledgeable are the ones that are, they won't give you advice unless you ask for it. Yeah. Well, because they have the, they have this, they're the consummate professional. If, it, it, they're not going to speak unless they got something to say. No, but it, and but you always see the ones that their daddy taught them to do it this way, mm-hmm. or their granddaddy taught them to do it this way, and it may it may work, but also it may not really work, and it may not be the best idea. But they're yeah. going to tell you how they think you should do it. Yeah, and the, the only and it's that's the only way to do it. You know, you mm-hmm. see that argument a uh, a long time. I see these young, and it's usually young bucks that make this argument. And that is uh, Texas T versus the versus using the using the buckle. I don't care how you saddle your horse. Mm-hmm. There are pros and cons with both. They 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 balance out really well. Does it matter? No, at the end of the day, it doesn't. Well, that's the thing is when I started team roping, my favorite thing to do was to ask people how they saddled their horse. Mm-hmm. Because when I was in my riding class that we all we did was ride we weren't doing nothing on the horses but riding we were taught how to do it one way and obviously these horses were as docile as it got you mm-hmm. could literally set off a nuclear bomb a mile away they wouldn't move and then i get to team roping they do it a little bit differently and they yeah. have their reasons why that's, that's the fine. thing is that it's not just it's the way i was raised everybody that i've asked they've said this is why i do it the way that i do it and if you're riding my horses, this is how you're going to do it. And I'm like, that's completely understandable. But the thing is, is I feel like if you're going to give an argument for something like that, give your reasons why. Don't just say, oh, well, that's that's the way I was raised to do it. Okay. But usually, why were you raised to do it that way? Usually their argument sometimes like with that is always like worst case extreme scenario. Horse mm-hmm. goes down, got to get the saddle off. I'll, I'll cut the latigo if I got to. Why but, to I mean, you know. Why, why, why really, is this a thing? Why are we arguing over this? One of my really good buddies that he's he's a hand. He's one of my team roping buddies. He was, you know, I was unsaddling his horse or getting ready to, you know, we're, we're just done. So we were getting ready to walk to the trailer. And I was unhooking the saddle a little bit. And I had the front cinch a little loose. And he, he didn't get on to me, but he corrected me because I had that front cinch a little too loose. He said, no, you need to have it a little bit tighter than this because... What happens if that horse steps into that front cinch? You need to have it. And the thing is, is 
people may disagree with that, whatever, but he gave me his reasons why he wanted oh, yeah. it that way. There's, you know, I see a lot of folks and your friend is a hundred percent right because I have seen a lot of folks usually when they, they come off and run a pattern or something like that, they'll want to reach up there. If they tie a Texas tee or something, they'll want to pull six or eight inches of latigo out of that knot and then mm -hmm. reach down and grab the cinch and just completely loosen the saddle. Oh yeah. And to me, that has always been a no-no. Something were to happen, a horse were to rear up or whatever, that saddle's going straight back. Oh, yeah. Two, if they were to fall over, that saddle's going to end up under them at this point. Well, and another thing that I wasn't taught in my riding class, but my team rope and friends have taught me, is keeping the back cinch tight. And yeah. part of the reasons was because when you are pulling on a steer or whatever, it evens out a little bit, or this is one of the reasons is it evens out that pressure and that weight that is getting pulled on that saddle. Well, you know, and I'm, uh, I'm an advocate of this. Why run a rear cinch if I can put my whole fist in it? I mean, mm -hmm. why do you need that extra rigging if you're not going to use it? And I know a lot of people will say, well, it'll make your horse buck. That's not necessarily true because some horses are bred for that, but then you got your horses that aren't bred for it, that it, it, it won't they're not even in they're not even in the same location no they're not they're not but of course it's it's always i've learned that it's social media and people are going to argue about it just because it'll get views but no i think for me is if you're going to tell me to do something or why you do something please educate me as to why you do it what the reasoning is because i want to learn mm -hmm. so that way i can apply it when i'm doing something on my own yeah and 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 don't call someone stupid because they took your, your information, they computed it, compared it to other information they heard, and decided to do it another way that worked better for them. Well, the thing is, too, is one uh, one guy may want to do the Texas T that I rope with, and another guy that I rope with may want me to use all the holes and everything. So I want to respect each horse owner and how they do things and whether i like what they do here or there it doesn't matter if i'm riding somebody else's horse well, i'm exactly. gonna saddle i'm gonna saddle that horse the way that they want exactly um and it takes it that's just one example of the type of things people will they will run into and it, those are the type of things that scare a lot of new people away mm -hmm. you know they get in and they're like oh man they're just uh, at the end of the day do whatever you want to do because they might look and snicker or, or, or do whatever at the end of the day it's it's still about what we talked about earlier it's the bond between you and your horse it is it doesn't matter if you decide you're going to start running barrel patterns bareback it's nobody's damn business well the thing is too is it's really funny when i was in that horsemanship class that horse in one way or another would tell me that i saddled it wrong Oh, yeah. They have a good tendency to let you know, hey, hoss, this ain't right. Oh, yeah. Well, and you could just, when you get into it, you get the feel of your horse of, you know what? You know, this saddle just isn't feeling right. You know, it's, it, it's, it really is crazy how smart these horses are. But I think you and I have talked about this in an episode before. When you're getting into it, you need to, somebody that's new to riding needs to have a seasoned horse that is maybe a little bit older, that has put in plenty of miles, plenty of work, that is going to take care of that person because if they make a mistake, it's not going to 
be catastrophic for that person. My rule of thumb when somebody asks me, hey, I'm new to riding. What's a good breed for me? I usually go, I'll tell you exactly the breed you need. Whatever it is, make sure it's, I don't know, 23 to 25, half blind and lame on three legs. (laughs) I I remember talking to my professor, Riley, and because he, he knows that, and, and in my class specifically, I was the one that wanted it more than anybody to be around this stuff. And I said, Riley, give me, just give me a number about what I should be prepared for when it comes to buying a horse that is, it may not be super old, but you know, it's in its teens and it's had good usage and it knows what it's doing. He said, you need to be probably prepared to be spending 10 to 15. He said that for, for a horse that is going to last you 10 years. Yep that is going to set you up for success. You need to be prepared to open your wallet a little bit because it'll be worth it in the long run. That's right. If you're willing though, to, if you're willing to help, if some, some people have a hard time outweighing the cost of their confidence. And what I mean by that is if somebody's willing to build that confidence on a horse that they may not have five or six years, Mm-hmm. And they they can stomach the I mean it's the hardest thing in the world if they can stomach put one in the ground before mm-hmm. moving on, um you can get in a lot cheaper, sometimes yeah. free. Yeah, it, that's just a hard pill to swallow though for for a lot of folks, um and especially right now with the price of horses. Price of horses is it's dumb. I'll go ahead and put it out there. The price of horses right now is dumb. It is. And well, I mean, I was with my dad not too long ago and we, there was a single bale of hay and I think the guy wanted like 150 for it. Holy cow. Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. I pay, I pay 65 and I cry. Yeah. That's, and he said, you know, it not too long ago, it was 60, 55 bucks. Yeah. And this old boy won 150 for it. And it's, it is tough, man, because for a guy like me who, I'm at that point where I need to be mounted, but I simply can't. I couldn't even afford to lease one. Yeah. It's like my dad used to say, you know, it's, I got beer taste and I mean, I got champagne taste and beer money. I couldn't buy a piss and a smoking jacket right now. Yeah. But thankfully, I've been blessed to be able to surround myself and be surrounded by people who have the right mounts that are going to make me successful. Well, if you ever find your way out here, I got one for you. Oh, yeah. I got I got a gal for you that you'll fall in love with. You're gonna to want to take her with you. Yeah. You can rope from her. You can shoot from her. You she's probably got another ten years left in her. She ain't for sale though. She's a little squatty. You, you your buddies might pick on her because she's she's a little. A lot of them roping horses aren't very big. They're stocky though. Yeah. And um, um, and they're not super super tall either. I mean no. they're you know, your average size, I guess you could say, but they're you get more that are wider than you do. She's 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 definitely wider than tall, but you know you you kind of want that you want those stockier horses that uh, can she's handle a, the pull. She's a tank, but uh, you're gonna you'd, you'd like her when you make if you I say win because you're gonna get your butt out here at some point. Oh yeah, and uh, I'll put you on on Malayla a little half morning, and then you're gonna be like, oh, so that's why you like these things. So I would imagine. You know, we're talking all about, we got to talk about saddles and all there a minute ago and how people attach those, this, that, and the other, and how it creates arguments. But is I would imagine you probably have a pretty unique way um, when it comes to mounting. 
I do. I actually had a video go viral a little bit of how I get mounted on horses. Um, I have quite the upper body strength, so I've kind of figured out my own way to just kind of push and lift myself up on a saddle. Um, as long as a horse isn't, you know, 25 hands, you know, I can uh, normally push myself up uh, pretty well. I had a lady comment that you're hurting, hurting the horse's spine. Blah, blah, blah. I'm 120 pounds. I'm not yeah. putting a ton of pressure on that horse's spine. Um, I'm probably about the same weight as, you know, them horse flies that they're batting off all the time. But uh, so I do that. Normally, I kind of just pull myself up um, and kind of get settled that way. Not to mention horses are pretty tolerant of people they care about. Oh, yeah. And some horses are pretty, there's some that I've rode that are really lazy that are, could care less if I'm crawling all over it. It's more so about getting them going. So I got to ask you too, what about your seat? I mean. So as of right now, I have no seat. Um, I don't have a saddle. Um, So I usually ride whoever's is available at that time. And most of those people have bigger cabooses than I do. Um, I wear a 2732 jean. So as you can imagine, there is no butt there. Um, we, need, we need to get our boy a nice 14 and a half inch saddle. 14 and a half or 14 or 13 and a half, something that I can actually use that doesn't make me bleed in between my knees every time I ride. There we go. If you, if you got one, you want to donate to our boy. Or if you're a saddle maker and want to make a nice bespoke roper for him, are you, like an, are you an association type guy or what? I mean, I'm for I'm for so anything you can that. anything you can dally off of at this point. Oh, yeah. So you care about any rope and saddle that I can use to go left. I'd be more than happy with. There you go. Um, hook your boy up. My email is in the. Uh, you can reach him, and there's a uh, his links will be on the episode notes, and then my email is there too. So you can always reach out to me, and I'll, I'll pass it along. The. Uh, I know we were talking, uh, we had to take a little break. We we're talking about, uh, and I remember what they were called. The, uh, they're called, uh, uh, sure. It's called a sure grip. Yep. That's what it is. That's what I was asking about with your seat. What type of seat do you have? And then, um, I mean, how's your balance with your legs? So pretty much non-existent balance yeah. wise. Um, I think a lot of that too, just comes from riding a bigger seat. Um, I would love to try the share grip at some point. I haven't done it before. Um, obviously, it's kind of one of those trial and error things. It may work. It may not. Yeah. Um, we see them in barrel racing quite a bit. And for those that don't know what a sure grip is, sure grip is a seat cover, and it's got Velcro loops. Um, and the Velcro loops go around your legs. And for anybody panics, no, you're not actually stuck to the horse. You you can still get unassed off of the horse. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're they're great uh for well i mean they're great if you got a horse that really likes to uh to arch and lunge uh and it's step you know and you're just starting out you know generally you tell people hey you know if it's too much horse for you it's too much horse for you step down horses but in your situation to me i don't see them as a crutch but i see them as an aid because yeah you really you really do um you're a narrow fella. You I don't am. have a lot of strength in those legs to help with balance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it could be something useful. So if anybody's got anybody's got a sugar grip laying around, 
Holler at your boy too. I actually which, too am a. Would be great to just get Sure Grip just to come on board and just. Oh yeah, get a Sure Grip sponsor. I mean, I, I'm I'm open for sponsorships. I got I got space in my sponsorship shirt. Yeah, I forgot I forgot who makes them. I know there's a couple of different companies like Hallison makes their version. Um, I I want to say, uh, yeah, and then Sure Grip seat, aka Martha Josie Magic Seat. So. Yeah, I want to say the company is like Supreme now that owns it. So, okay. Supreme. I am very excited though. So, I won a spur giveaway here recently. My dad entered oh. it, entered me in it in a surprise. And, um, and what we're doing with the spurs is we are, so they're all customizable, everything. And this, this spur maker, what he's doing is he's turning the rowels inward just a bit. Yeah. Because I have a hard time being able to turn my feet out while I'm in the saddle. Yeah. So it's very hard for me to use my spurs for pressure and release. So the funny thing is, is most people, they over spur a horse. So their feet are always kind of going in and spurring the horse. My feet do the opposite. My feet go inward. So my spurs are facing out. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're getting these spurs to where they're turned in just a little bit. So that way I can actually make contact because as you can imagine, I can't kick up a horse and as a team roper, that is one thing that I really need Yeah, is to be able to kick up a horse. Um, but so I'm really excited about getting those. Um, and just for my horsemanship in general, just being able to use that pressure and release will be great for me. Um, as I continue to grow as a horseman. Um, so yeah, really excited about those. We need, we need to get you a horse need to get you around corral, get you a hundred acres in a barn somewhere. I'd move into the barn too. Just just take a stall, hang a tarp, put a cot in there, and call it home. Yep, we'll be good. We'll <laughs> we'll sweep it out, put a nice little uh, floor in there. We'll be good to go. We'll, yeah, so I'm gonna build me. I already said if I ever win the lottery, there's an old huge stable here that's been dilapidated for years, and uh, I always said I was gonna buy it. And what wasn't useful anymore, just doze it down and build back. There's no house on the property. I just I'm just gonna build a giant steel building for a barnuminium. There you go. There you go. That's that's what I need in my life. Yeah, it seems, it seems like having they say money is uh doesn't solve all your problems or money doesn't create happiness, but I tell you what, money could buy some things and pay off some things that would bring me a lot of happiness. You know, they yeah, it's the thing. They always say money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy horses it and, can. and land and and cool saddles. And and we all know how hard land is to come by nowadays. And, yeah, and and vacations. Dang vacations. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, tropical places. Or, you I'm know, just trying to be able to to afford Vegas in December for two weeks. Oh, I know. I joint me too. I, I every year I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna buckle down. I'm going to the NFR. And then every year it, it gets closer, and I'm like, I'm not prepared to spend this kind of money. It well, and you know, me and my parents, we went to Vegas for my college graduation present, and we went for three days, and I got to see firsthand just how expensive Vegas really is. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how people stay for two weeks. I mean, unless you're no. competing, unless you're competing, I understand, but I don't know how people can afford to go for two weeks straight. You could take a Cozumel cruise for two weeks, and it'd be cheaper than two weeks in Vegas. Oh yeah, probably cheaper than a week in Vegas. Well, you know what they say, 
is that the alcohol in Vegas is cheaper than the water. It is. Yep. It's, it's easy. It is easy to, uh, the alcohol is the cheapest thing in Vegas. That's ridiculous. Because if you're sitting at a slot machine constantly feeding it, they'll keep giving you alcohol. Oh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, is I've seen it firsthand, is they take their sweet time bringing you that service back around, too. So you're, you know, maybe a $8 drink costs $200. Oh, yeah. You know, as long as you're willing to drink well or domestic beer, they will give you those things. Oh, yeah. It, it, it just, it might be 40 minutes in between service and you've done pump 200 bucks worth in that slot machine oh yeah you get if if you're sitting at a blackjack table and you're playing for 50 100 a hand they're gonna be a little quicker with that service oh probably but if you're at a nickel slot yeah good luck oh yeah for sure yeah vegas vegas is unique man i love vegas vegas is awesome my uh when i was uh when i was union our uh our national training center was in vegas and uh, yeah right off the strip too um which kind of tells me something about my union if you think about it you think about who built vegas and then you yeah i I questioned some things they always laugh said no no it's not like that i still question it though why did why did we go to vegas yeah why why did we do vegas was the mob involved what 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 else going on here yeah but uh not really cool guys out there uh with the with the carpenters union in Vegas. Um, yeah. And they try to send all their, they want all their German to go to Vegas at least once. And it's paid for. Everything is paid for. You just show up. Oh, that's nice. Now you got to take classes while you're out there, but they just do them eight hours. And then everything after that, you just go out in the strip and they get their, they get their own compound. They feed you. How's you? I mean, it's awesome. And it's, like I said, it's right off the strip. You can walk to the strip. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, that's like the biggest recruiting tool for the Carpenters Union, by the way. By the way, if we're going to send you to Las Vegas, and you're going to stay just right off the strip. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I need you to send me like during NFR. I'm not a member anymore, but yeah, they could have sent me during NFR. That would have been great. Oh, yeah. So, oh. yeah, the only thing I got looking forward to doing here lately is in... February, I'll be with the South Carolina Marsh Tacky Association. They're doing their uh, Pigs and Pearls fundraiser. Okay. Uh, uh, pig picking, for those that don't know, cook barbecues, whole hog, you just pick off of it. And uh, oyster roast, well, they call it Pigs and Pearls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I'll be there. I'm trying to get them, trying to con them into making me an um, honorary member because they have that status for some people. I'm like, maybe an honorary okay. member of the association, you know. That's pretty cool. Um, they they probably won't do it. I can beg them, and they'd be like, "No." But um, and then I got rode to the horse, which is to me, it's my NFR. You know what I mean? Yeah. When is that? Is, um, is that, is that March? It is in March. It's uh, I, rem- I remember that. Yeah, coming up in March, I'll be up there. Um, I think there's quite a few, quite a few folks that are talking about coming up this year. Um. Let me see. Uh, Kristen is going to come up. Uh, that's Basic White Butch. Uh, mm-hmm. She doesn't live too far from there. Uh, Jessman Rice will be there. I think Hannah Schroeder is going to be there. Um, there is uh, a, a bunch of Jess's friends from Tri-Ohio 
um, are going to stop in. And I met a crap ton of followers last year. That's awesome. That follow me. And my following has like doubled. So I don't know what it's going to be like this year. So that's awesome. Yeah. If you ever see me and Rowdy in the wild, we're 100% approachable. Have you been spotted in the wild yet? I have a couple times. How did how, how did it feel the first time it happened? So the first time it happened was actually one of the places I would have least expected it. Um, so I was at the American in Arlington, Texas. Okay. So you know, there's probably twenty thousand people. At yeah, the richest richest one day radio in the world. Yeah. So I was there, and I was I was recognized by two people. I sat two rows in front of a gal that had been following me. And then as we were leaving, so, you know, as thousands of people are leaving, uh, a lady that worked for Horse Illustrated came and running up to me. And she was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for interacting with our page. My name is so-and-so. I work with Horse Illustrated. We really appreciate your interaction. And she was like, do you mind if I get a picture with you? And I was like, absolutely. And then there was when I signed my deal with the National uh, Rovers uh, deal and uh, with NRS and we, I was getting my hat shaped, and uh, and I kid you not, there were two kids. One guy said, man, you're real familiar. Do, do I know you? And I said, well, I do some social media stuff. He was like, well, what's your name on social media? And I said, the Gimpy Cowpoke. And this kid, he couldn't be more than 16, 17, said, man, what? You're the Gimpy Cowpoke? And looked over at his buddy. He said, hey, that's the Gimpy Cowpoke. And so I got a picture with those kids, and that was really cool. Um but those are like, I feel like I've been recognized like maybe once or twice other than that. But those two times were really cool, you know, at the American of all places and then NRS, super, super cool. And then there's been other times when I've been at NRS and I posted a video and people would comment on my stuff like, oh, hey, the, I saw you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why don't you come say hi? Yeah. Like I'm five, seven, a buck 20. Like not I'm hard not, to miss. Yeah. I'm, I'm not an intimidating individual. Like I'm really not. So I met a ton of folks that rode to the horse. And then I've been spotted, you know, I live in Aiken, South Carolina, pretty equestrian centric community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, a few times I've been like spotted at the feed store and stuff. Like people are just really cool. They're like, I follow you. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, um, but then at rode to the horse, it was, you know, a little different, you know. Um, the crazy, the the craziest thing though, is uh, I was at my local feed store here recently, and he, I'm talking to the gal at the checkout. We're really good friends, and these two gals come walking in, and they're they're younger, mid late teens, and uh, I'm just talking, and they just come in, they just kind of walk, and they just kind of wave, and then I wave back, and uh, the gal at the checkout is like, "What?" And then then she just kind of gives me that smirk, and I'm like, "I don't know," and so I don't know, like. 15 seconds go by and they duck into an aisle and I hear somebody from the aisle just go horse daddy. <laughs> I could have died. I could have died right there. I can't man. I've been called a lot of terrible things before. Yeah, I could, I could have died and getting called. Hor- I, I know. I know you love that name. You may love it. You may hate it, but I'm impartial I, to it. Like I, I could, I, I couldn't man. I couldn't. Anything that has to be called with daddy, I could it, not. It's, uh, I, uh, there was a time I really embraced it because I thought it was funny. Mm. And now I'm just like, uh, you know what I mean? 
The uh, yeah, it was cool for a while because I sold a lot of T-shirts that said "Horse Daddy," you know. There you go. But uh, yeah, but Road to the Horse was fun. I'm excited this year just to see. Um, but I had a lot of folks like you that was like after the fact, after after Road to the Horse, like I just so many people were coming. Oh, I saw you at Road to the Horse. I saw you at Road to the Horse. Uh, I saw you know you and Justin Rice at Road to the Horse. I saw you talking with Craig Cameron, you know. Uh, mm. the horse trainer and i'm like well why didn't you come up and say hey you know I mean, yeah i'm approachable please come up and say hey it makes my day when people are like hey you know i follow you i like what you do oh yeah you know it makes me feel good about myself well, i tell you what there was there was a time so i was at the american military celebration down in fort worth and uh me and my buddy who i was with we went to the cowboy channel bar yeah. And you know, we were just there hanging out, and I had a guy that was older than you and me, so he, he might have been probably 60s, you know, maybe late 50s. He said, hey, take your hat off. So I took my hat off. I said, yes, sir. And he said, man, I follow you. You're freaking awesome, dude. I've been following your team roping journey for so long. And like I said, this guy's 50s, 60s, and he's from like North Carolina or something like that. And I'm like, man, that's probably the coolest thing ever that that old boy is at his age on social media, follows me, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, I was just tickled to death that this old boy was just like, man, keep it up. Keep doing you. So it, it's it's cool, man. Especially people that, especially when it's around the industry that I want to be a part of that notice me, that's when it gets me the most excited. Yeah. the um, No, especially when you run across folks that were just, you you know, like you follow them and you know what they're capable of and you know what they do, you know, and it's people that you kind of look up to when they're like, Hey man, I love what you do. Good content. And I'm like, Oh man, you kind of fanboy a little bit, you know? Oh yeah. That it's odd. It, it, it It's odd. I'm, I'm still getting used to it. I'm, you know, I've embraced it. It's not as awkward as it used to be. Mm -hmm. It used to be, it was kind of awkward. It was just kind of like, uh, I don't know what to say or do, but thanks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, when somebody says thank you for your service and you're just kind of like, ah, I, didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't really do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. Well, Rowdy, buddy, it has been a pleasure. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. I am happy to call you my friend. I'm happy you're my buddy. Yes, sir. Um, we need to, we need to make a habit, um, out of doing more stuff. I've got to get to Texas. I've got so many friends out there. Oh yeah, dude. There's there's plenty, and the area that I'm in, mm -hmm. you probably find a lot more people in your industry. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, I don't want to say ranches, but there's a lot of places where a lot of these expensive horses that are more towards your side of the place are at. Yeah, I like me. Me and CJ Trailer like uh, like bougie horses. There's plenty of them out here. We we like we like we like warm bloods and Morgans and Cleveland Bays and Frisians and yeah, we're yeah. we're we're bougie horse people. We See, do some I'm, we do some punchy things, but we do punchy things with bougie horses. It's funny. Yeah, I'm more just like a quarter horse guy that loves gray horses, man. Yeah, like like CJ is a range like he's a range rider. That's what he does. Yeah. And he'd rather do it on a Dutch warm blood than anything. You know, and I was like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know. No, just give me a, a trashy quarter horse man that'll go left. Give you, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Give you, give you like an old dump truck style Hancock. Yep, that's that's gray, like or flea bit gray. Mm -hmm. 
That's yeah, right I, up your alley. I, I, I can't her. I can't fault that. I have a I have a gray now. Uh she is almost snowflake white though. But uh she's a bitch to keep clean, homie. I can give I can go give her a bath right now. She'll lay in a turd in ten minutes. Oh yeah. That's she'll find she'll find one. I could I could she will make her own pile to lay in if I cleaned up everyone out there. Oh yeah. So it goes. So yeah, me me and uh what is it? Is it broken? Is it not broken arrow? Straight arrow. People that own uh cowboy magic and uh mane and tail and all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of money on their products. Um come talk to me by the way, folks. I would love to I'd love to work with you because i use a lot of your green spot remover there you go um but no Roddy, it's always a pleasure anybody you want to shout out man uh i always give everybody that option i know you got or, or multiple people hell shoot i want to give a huge shout out to my friends jade and jeff flanagan for just constantly helping me with my team roping journey man uh all the people at cactus that take care of me and just the brands that I have worked with over the past year. There's so many to name that I can't, but if you've been affiliated with me whatsoever, thank you so much for just investing in me. And for those who have yet to work with me, but are getting ready to, I guess. There you go. The future is, I've said it before and I'll say it again. So like every time I be on, I think the future is bright for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. In some facet of the industry, the future is bright for you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So